0: Lot talk. No radio. more baseball talk. No. <laughs> Welcome to Red vs. Blue Fantasy Sports Radio, wherever you may be. Thanks for making us part of your night. I'm Scott Hackens, Team Legacy in the World of High Stakes Fantasy Football. Uh, Yeah, dude. Hey, we had a little technical difficulty there. Brought to you by Scout.com. Scout.com is sponsoring and uh, promoting the Fantasy Football World Championships this year, live in Las Vegas, September 4th through September 6th. Uh, We invite you to come out and play in the Fantasy Football World Championships, the Scout Fantasy Football World Championships, uh, and be a part of something really special, defeat the elite. Glenn Lowy will be back as he makes his return as the defending Fantasy Football World Champion. Uh, If you can't quite afford the main event, don't worry. We do have the Roto Bowl, the mid-stakes event with a $25,000 grand prize and lots of money in league prizes. Mike, uh, it's Friday night. How's it going, my man?
1: It's going pretty good, Scott, and it uh, sounds like a lot of the great things are going on with uh, FF Toolbox, uh, Scout, and, uh, you know, it's just pretty exciting to hear the news, uh, the excitement from your voice, uh, you know, just a lot of things just continue to evolve and uh, develop uh, within the system, and, uh, you know, it, it's just fun to be a part of, man, I, I just appreciate being a part of it, and uh, just, you know, everything keeps going on well.
0: 347-324-5404 is the number. You can you can uh, reach out to us on Twitter at Red Blue Radio. We'll take your questions. We definitely take those in season and in draft season to help you win. And you can email us at uh, the Red Blue Radio inbox, red blue radio at gmail.com. Uh of course, the Fantasy Football World Championships, you can find all the info there at fftoolbox.com slash FFWC. Uh Mike, we um, we released a really cool landing page for the newcomers to check out the World Championships this week. Uh, but we have some, uh, a, lot of, a lot of things to cover this week. We're going to start with the news, uh, and some might call it the news of the weird a little bit, because the Buccaneers are talking about using a rotation at running back. If you heard this news, yep. courtesy of Pat Yasinakis of ESPN, uh, is it Yacinkas? Yacinkas? Is that what it is? I, I can't remember. Uh, get me here. Yeah. Get Give me how you pronounce his name. But the offensive coordinator, Jeff Tedford, he was the head coach at the University of Cal, right, for 11 seasons before he came to the pros. And his philosophy with running backs at the college level was simple. One man can't get the job done. So Tedford gave a single running back at least 60% of the carries just twice during his tenure, and one of those names was J.J. Arrington in 2003. So we've seen him use uh, Lynch and Forsett in 05, uh, Javid Best and Shane Vereen in 2008. So the list goes on and on. And right. here in Tampa, they went after a pretty good player, Charles Sims. And Doug Martin, look, he's the starter. We know he's the starter, but the Bucks want to use a rotation. So my question is this, and I want to keep it very simple for the masses at home. Yeah, but this is how I like to think of it. I mean, we have Doug Martin at FF Toolbox ranked the number 11 running back. Uh, and I think that's fair, right? I mean, he was being drafted as a top three running back last year, and, and he didn't perform, but he did get hurt. He uh, didn't perform right. as well. But they have a, I think they have a better quarterback in Josh McCown. We can go into that a little bit, Mikey. But when you look at the ADP, he's being drafted as RB9, okay, at the 20th pick. So I'm going to ask you, the end of the second round, do you want a non-Bell Cow running back there, or are you going to go with the wide receiver? I mean, where is it going to be comfortable for you to take Doug Martin?
1: At the end of the second round, I would not take Doug Martin. There's no way. Okay. Um, I couldn't do it, uh, you know, basically because it's just it's too risky. It's too risky uh, for me, Scott. Um I really feel like that Doug Martin has a lot of tools. Um, I mean, he can do a lot of things, but is that team going to win? I don't think so. That team is, is going to struggle. So it's, it that brings me back to the point of how many touches will he get and this and that, especially if they're going to uh, mix and match, you know, if, if they're going to do uh, what, whatever team is doing is a combo running back. Because let's face it, a lot of teams are doing the combo. I,
0: I think that Tampa Bay is actually one of my surprise teams this year for wins. When everybody else is not really interested, I kind of am, right? So let's look at the early schedule and you tell me how many wins you think this team could get with a Josh McCown All offense. Right. Now remember, it's Vincent Jackson on one side, Mike Evans on the other. They got a slew of tight ends over the, in the middle. That are all pretty big guys: Brandon Myers, Austin Safarian Jenkins, and uh, the kid from last year. Anybody in the chat room? Uh, who's who's is the uh, Who's the Who's the tight end from last year? Anybody remember the tight end? That uh, Tim Wright. Uh, so Tim let's Wright. look. Yeah, we can talk about defense too. Uh, but here we go. Schedule at home against Carolina, who has some problems on the offense. I would put the odds of Tampa Bay winning the home opener. What? Uh, wait. Let's talk about Vegas,
1: Mike. You're a big Vegas guy. Boy, that that's a toughie. That's a toughie right there because Carolina has no wide receivers, but they still have Cam Newton, right. and they still have a lot of uh, defense. Boy, they don't have any wide receivers at all. Yeah. But oh. they do have a lot of defense. I, you know, I think they're gonna drop that one.
0: You think uh, – what, what, what do you think give, – give me a prediction on the Vegas spread in that game, Carolina at Tampa Bay week one.
1: Uh, I would say Tampa Bay is a three-point favorite because they're at home. Oh, okay.
0: You care? Tampa Bay a three-point favorite at home. I was, I was going to say just because, because they're at home. Carol, Carolina is the defending – they're the they're – the, um, they were in the championship game. Uh, they had home field. I mean – I'm sorry, they didn't right, win they the championship, lost. they uh, have no how to cheapers all. Right. But I still think yeah. that look, I think I think the receiver position is a little overrated system, you know, wise. You know, you still got Cam running the things. I, but look, uh, I don't think Tampa Bay could be favored in that game. I just don't think they've done enough to consider themselves fair. But it's it's a possible win, right? So let's move on. Saint Louis at home against I mean at at Tampa Bay. Saint Louis at Tampa Bay.
1: That could be a win. A loss. I'm sorry, that's that's a, that's a loss.
0: At Atlanta so now, at Atlanta, I think Atlanta will be better. Yep, that's probably a loss. At Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh is never easy, especially when you are playing at Pittsburgh. No, at Pittsburgh, at New Orleans, no. that's not easy. So now we're sitting. Forget about uh, it. and then yeah, we're we're sitting at a two and three start at best, very likely for Tampa Bay. Right. Uh, and right. So. It, <clears throat> it may make sense to not utilize Doug Martin too heavy in right. any game. There's no, what, what's the point, right? right? You, you don't want to get exactly. your, your best player you know, killed until your team kind of gets uh, – has something to really play for. Uh,
1: so, look,
0: Sims uh, is, a, is a pretty good talented rookie th- – or a talented rookie, third-round pick. So he does have the pedigree. Uh, and Martin's going to get a lot of carries. But, look, you also have Mike James on that team. You have Bobby Rainey. They looked good. The offensive line actually looked pretty good. Um, So, I I think – I'm just wondering at what point do we take Doug Martin then if we're thinking that he's going to lose uh, significant carries to a a committee approach. And and I'm saying, you know what, with all the receivers there, give me that first running back early on. Let's say if I get Charles McCoy, uh, Forte, Peterson, any of those guys – I'm gobbling up on two wide receivers, right? I'm taking the Henry Muto approach, at least taking, at least getting two wide receivers uh, early on, and so I don't think I could even take Doug Martin. He's not a guy that I will probably take unless he falls to the back, the back of the third round.
1: <laughs> That's well, minute, you middle, know what? I, to back of the third round. I was just thinking, Scott. You know, if he's uh, if he's mid second, late second possibly if you have shored up uh, a couple of really good wide receivers or possibly a Jimmy Graham or, you know, and that's another story in in itself. But if you shored up something right away in the first two rounds, mid third round, uh, Doug Martin, why not? Why not? Uh, Take a chance because let's face it. The guy has shown, he's proven that he can do a lot of things on that football field that a lot of guys can't do. So, you know, let's give them a shot. But how? I mean, how risky are you to take that shot? Uh,
0: again, our sponsor this uh, this evening is Scout dot uh, com, and you want to check out the new Scout Fantasy page, ScoutFantasy.com. dot uh, com. FF Toolbox is transitioning lots and lots of content to Scout dot com for the masses' uh, entertainment. Uh, but FF Toolbox will still be the home of all your favorite quick and easy-to-find tools. Uh, Mike, if you need a schedule, you need a buy week, you need an ADP, you need an auction value, yep. you need a high-stakes ADP, look you need up. buy weeks, uh, it's right there on the front, and it's so easy to find, which, uh, which makes it fun. But look, we wouldn't have Red versus Blue uh, if it weren't for the high-stakes world, and we wouldn't have this if it weren't for a little Mike Trent. It's time to play The Secret Word, America's Funnest, Newest Game Show. Mikey, go ahead. Have a seat. Lay the phone down. I hope he has the phone laid down. You had the phone laid down? Okay. The word is value. The word is value. Okay, Mike, you can come back. Every time Mike says that word, we're all going to sit back and take a drink, playing America's Funnest Newest Game Show, The Secret Word. Mikey, are you there? Hello. All right. Yep. Yeah, yeah. All right. We, we, we're playing America's fan, Funnest Game Show, Mike, Mikey, a Secret Word. So now when you say The Secret Word, uh, America can sit back and take a drink and enjoy. You're on a vacation this week, I hear.
1: I am. I am. I'm on vacation all week and uh, can't wait. I mean, just going to. Hit Churchill Downs uh, on Sunday and uh, play a lot of golf this week, and unfortunately get some honeydew things. That's what you got to do. Uh, <laughs>
0: she's got you. She's got the uh, you got the honeydew list. All right. Uh, yeah. By the way, if you didn't get to catch the uh, finale of Game of Thrones, highly recommend uh, watching uh, Tyrion Lannister there. Get uh, I won't I won't uh, reveal anything, but definitely you need to watch. Uh, Game of Thrones, if you're not already. No Sean Moreno. Oh, by the way, we're, this show, we are going to talk about Brandon Cooks. Is he the next big thing in fantasy? We are going to talk about that and why we think, who we think he compares to, why we think he could be very successful right out of the gate, where he's going, why we think that. We're going to talk about Brandon Cooks tonight. Uh, Dolphins running back, no Sean Moreno, Mike. He has a bad knee injury. And the details uh, are coming to light now. So pro football toss Mike Florio reported via a source that Moreno has a left knee injury that may require arthroscopic surgery. It's nothing significant at this point. But Yahoo's Jason Cole has talked to his own source who told him that the injury is bad. So we're kind of – it called into question how much he will play this season, right? So – uh, the, the question is, look, if this is a bad injury, uh, the reason why he signed with the Dolphins was to play. And we saw what he did with Denver. It kind of resurged his career. It was sort of falling apart, kind of coming back to life now with Miami and a better, you know, a team that's, you know, on the rise and, and an offense that needed a running back. So now the question becomes Lamar Miller. If, if uh, first of all, I don't really want any part of Noshaw Moreno. I don't think you do either, right? I mean. Nope you, don't, nope, you don't, nope. you don't want anything in and, and I don't think anybody in the chat room does either. Uh, I didn't get in pros versus Joes this year. Oh, but, oh, Henry, man, sorry to hear that. But we do have Taz in the chat room, the crew, some of the best minds in the world of high stakes. It is a beautiful evening tonight. And uh, thank you for being in the, the crew in the chat room. I expect a lot of people are going to be uh, downloading the, the uh, recorded version on their iTunes uh, tonight. But let's talk about Lamar Miller. He has a lot of talent. But, man, he, yes. he just didn't ever seem to really get it together last year, and it was very concerning because a lot of us um, a lot of us drafted him uh, last year. Now I was you know look, we were touting the Geo Bernard horn, so hopefully you were listening to the the talk here on red versus blue. Bernard was our skyrocket running back back in yep. May, and sure enough, we saw what he did. But if you look at Lamar Miller. I don't know if I see anything here that really that, that really stood out about his season. Let's, let's take a look at some of the stats. 177 carries, 709 yards, 4.01 yards a carry, didn't get as many receptions as we like, 26 receptions, and two touchdowns, and those happened in the first four games. After that, nothing. So – uh, yeah, Mike. Well, what do you make? What do you make of this uh, Miami Dolphins? I mean, is there anything here for us, at least as a as, no, a, as a backup type of back?
1: There was no uh, there was no identity to that team whatsoever last year. I mean, they tried everything. I mean, they tried using uh, Clay, which he was he was effective, uh, and Lamar Miller for a little bit, but there was no identity whatsoever to uh, Miami's offense, and that. You know that that makes me think that NoShawn, if NoShawn is right, he will be the identity of Miami. I, I mean, I can't believe I'm saying this, but uh, he will be that guy because uh, Lamar Lamar just didn't do it. I mean, he wasn't given opportunities. I don't know, but uh, it definitely showed that uh, there was no identity to that offense whatsoever.
0: You know, t- t- Fantasy Taz needs to call us up. Uh, but look, look, here's why. Why are people drafting Lamar Miller at the 144? Now, look, it wasn't, it wasn't what he showed last year. It had to be what he showed prior to the year because 16 games he played. He played in every game. Now, that, now okay, so that, right. is a little, that is durable. That's a durable player right there. 16 games he played. And I'll tell you this, there's only four what I consider quality games there, uh, if that. And that's giving him credit for a 13-point game and calling that quality. Um, but it's not really that quality, right? If 13 points is not really but, a quality game, it, it, it's, it's decent, and it's okay, but it's not all that it's, that it's cracked up to be. So the guys that are being drafted around him, let me read you some of these names. So right in front of Lamar Miller is Bernard Pierce, Darren McFadden, and Kerry Robinson. Again, these are – these are, these are running backs that you're trying to take a, sh- a shot on that you're hoping at some point in the season become valuable to your fantasy squad. Now, Kerry Robinson on that list seems easy because even though, even though he didn't catch the ball last year, I'm not convinced that he can't catch the ball. Right. I'm, not, I'm not convinced right. because right. I just saw him in a couple of games of not catching the ball that he can't. They got rid of uh, Darren Sproles, so they're going to look to fill that a little bit. Uh, McFadden, we know what he can do if he's, if he's uh, healthy. I just don't expect him to be. Right. Now the names, the names, the names behind Lamar Miller are Fred Jackson, Kadine Carey, David Wilson, Niall Davis, Charles Sims, Marcus Lattimore. Any of those names? That, uh, I, what, what, what about any of those names in front of Lamar Miller?
1: They don't. They don't impress me. Uh, the only, the only name you uh, rattled off was uh, Lattimore, uh, Kadim Carey. You know, as a rookie, possibly could explode, but uh, you know, after you well, go not through with that list, uh, do what?
0: Not with Forte. Carey's not going to explode with Forte still there. I just don't. I don't. No. He, he'll get a, he'll get limited touches no, and no, maybe I, some I, goal line work.
1: Well, you know, you you just you never know. You you always got to protect the injury, protect the injury. You know how slow he
0: looks when he's on tape. kadim Carey looks so. He looks like he's running. In molasses, man. I mean, I've ne- I just don't understand. I know you
1: told me that. I've never
0: watched a highlight video of, of a running back, of a, of a running back that was so highly regarded just, you know, a few months before the draft, and one that looked that slow. I just I just couldn't believe my eyes. But, look, there are some names there. Like Fred Jackson probably will go into his grave still performing, Right. He will probably go yeah. into his grave in his fantasy football proverbial grave. He'll go into his grave still performing till the very end. This guy last year was an absolute. I mean, you, you it was hard to keep him off the field. Nine touchdowns, nine hundred yards, forty-seven receptions. Okay, I know we're asked, I know we think he has one foot in the grave, but he really doesn't. He still averaged four point three yards per carry. I love CJ Spiller by the way this year, Mike. Have I told you how much I love oh. CJ Spiller this year? Ooh. No. I he is one of the comeback candidates this year. And it's a true comeback okay, candidate. Okay, okay, I've got a comeback candidate,
1: you do? Can we save it or uh lay it on the line? Why would I want you to save it? Is
0: it I mean, is it worth saving for I mean can can I get can I can no, I get some more listeners on the air? Can I tweet
1: it out? Chris oh. Johnson. Chris Johnson okay. is gonna explode Thank this you. year. They're gonna they're gonna give him the ball left and right. They've already told him, hey, it's your ball. Take it and run with it.
0: Well, uh, the, the, those sources, according to Michael Trent, um, he, he did run for 2,006 yards in 2009. That was five long years ago. That um, yeah, was a long time he ago. Is, he, he is in a timeshare with Chris Ivory. Um, he believes that he can be a 2,000 yard back, but this is, you know, this is not fantasy land here. This is the NFL. The fantasy
1: uh, land. Don't, don't the fantasy that. land. The fantasy land from Michael Trent says Chris Johnson is gonna. I mean he, he's gonna get whatever he wants when he wants, and the offensive coordinator, the coach, they they've always said, hey, look, it's your ball. Carry as much as you want to.
0: Look, I. I there is part of me that believes that Chris Ivory is a more violent runner at this stage in his career than Chris Johnson.
1: Okay. I'm just talking about a redraft. A redraft. If I'm gonna take Chris Johnson or Chris Ivory, I'm taking I'm taking Chris Johnson right now.
0: Okay. Well yeah, he's going as R B twenty six and and it's not something that I'm getting excited about. Chris Ivory's going as R B forty four. Well you I should would be. prefer to take Prefer to take Ivory at forty four than Chris Johnson at twenty six. How about that?
1: I can see that. That's fair. No, no, I can't see. No, 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 I can't. No, I cannot. No, I cannot. I would rather okay. take the risk on the older guy and uh, see what happens this year. And it's a big risk, Scott. Don't don't get me wrong. It's a big risk, but I believe in uh, what uh, Chris Johnson is going to do.
0: Yeah, and just just so I can get that exactly accurate, Chris Johnson, RB24, is his ADP currently, uh, whereas Chris Ivory is RB57.
1: So a big So you can uh, go wide receiver, wide receiver. I'm, I'm just thinking about the drafting here. No, you can go well, wide receiver, Jimmy Graham, wide receiver, and then – Chris yeah, he's
0: going at seventy. He's going. Chris Johnson's going at seventy-two. So that's the end of the sixth round. So you could have Toby okay. Gerhardt there, who I'd much rather have. You could have Joike Bell there, hmm. who I'd much rather have. You could have Rashad Jennings, who I would much rather have. And depending I would, uh, yeah, on my I would rather, draft, yeah. depending on my draft strategy, uh, I, <laughs> I would prefer Christine Michael. Okay, uh, because here's why. If I draft Chris Johnson there, I'm getting very average production for 16 weeks out of my RB2 or RB3 spot. RB, Let's call it RB3 in the sixth round. If I'm drafting Christine Michael, I'm not using him at all. I'm sitting him on my bench, and if Marshawn Lynch goes down, I've got a top 10 running back. So do I want – I mean Chris Johnson would probably outscore him for the year, but for the games that Michael plays, uh, Michael, well, Michael would be the starter. Now, Taz says I'm I'm smoking something now. Uh Taz, come on. Uh come on on, come on on red versus blue so I can get you on the I, I mean Defending I agree
1: with him. Chris I mean Johnson.
0: I know you do. I know. I'm gonna I'm gonna be surrounded by C J two K fans
1: here. Um you No, know, no, it's Chris not it's Johnson. not about C J two K fans. He's in the right situation.
0: Fantasy Taz in a perfect says spot. he would take Johnson at R B twenty four this year. Yeah. It's a better offense. It's better than it was last year. I'll give you that. He's had
1: uh, a better spot than he's ever been in, Scott.
0: Gino in his second year. I love Jason Morrow. I mean, since we are talking Jets, I love Jason Morrow. I think he'll be a phenomenal Ooh. talent at
1: some point. And I like Jeremy Crowley you know, as your wide receiver, too. I, I just think that uh, Chris Johnson is setting perfect in this spot. And, uh, you know, I – it's it's you know we can speculate on uh, July or June twentieth and say well this is what's going to happen but uh, I will take Chris Chris Johnson you said sixth round no I'll take him before that I mean if I okay. can go wide receiver tight end wide receiver running back wide receiver and then Chris Johnson I'm happy
0: you think that's value there then at the end of the sixth on Chris Johnson.
1: I, think I I do I I really do, big time.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, I disagree. I uh, look, he was drafted. That's what it's he, all he, about. You know. He, yeah, he he was drafted a lot higher last year, and he is one of those picks that you got to hold your nose. You got to hold your nose when you take it because you don't like what he gave you last year, but you also don't like what you paid for last year. You paid for you. you his price right. was end of the. End of end of the first, middle of the second. That's about the range that he was going. About thirteen to eighteen is where he was going in most drafts. So you didn't get what you drafted. Uh, but this year, right? Uh, he was still a top. He was a top ten running back last year. It just wasn't pretty. Sixteen games, well, long season. Wasn't really pretty. Forty two catches, three point eight yards a carry. Uh, Tennessee didn't horrible. have much going on, but there there well, were a lot of games. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten games he averaged under four yards a carry,
1: yeah, but that th- that's gonna be a different scenario uh coming into this year i mean i, I at least I hope so uh the one thing you got to realize about chris Johnson is uh how many times is he in- is he injured? when is he out? he's never out to get plays all the time, so you yeah. know. Yeah, it, I agree. I mean, I mean, you're going to get the guy that's going to play all the time. Yeah, well,
0: just need that. That's for sure. Uh, Toby Gerhart wants to be the Jaguars beast mode. And, look, um, Gus Bradley, <clears throat> the former Seahawks defensive coordinator, uh, uh, the Jaguars' new coach, uh, they want their new back to fill a similar role that they asked Marshawn Lynch to fill, and, and Gerhardt is excited to do just that, obviously, right? And uh, that would be uh, – he said, hopefully I'll be the, quote, beast mode down here for the Jaguars. I want to be a guy who helps turn the program around with a physical punishing offense. By the way, I will tell you that that defense is headed in the right direction. I'm excited to see that happen. Uh, but let's talk about Toby Gerhardt, and you, would you draft Chris Johnson over Toby Gerhardt?
1: Uh, yes, I would. I would right now. Yes. Okay. All right. Well, that's your that's
0: mistake number one thousand and five for you this year because uh, no, I'm sorry, one thousand six. Sorry, I just have to put this hash mark down right here. Okay. <laughs> uh, Gerhart's going to have a very solid year, and look, he's been very durable. Uh, you, you can't really complain with what he's done uh, for for Minnesota when he did it. You know, so uh, this is this is a guy that's been waiting for an opportunity. I loved him when he was at Stanford. You're talking about a six foot, 230 pound running back. And uh, look, he, he he got that game against Baltimore late in the season last year. He did well with that. He got the game at Green Bay. He rumbled for eight for 91. He got the game against Seattle. Did seven for 67. I mean, look, there are more there are more games over four yards of carry for Toby Gerhardt, and he only played like four games than Chris Johnson. So. Uh,
1: the guy, a the guy good has a lot, of,
0: uh, a lot of opportunity here for Jacksonville. Now, I'm not gonna, I, I don't think they're going to get enough red zone looks to, get, uh, to be heavy touchdowns, but I think they're going to involve him in the passing game a little bit more than w- what the average guy probably thinks. It would not surprise me to see Toby Gerhardt get 30 to 35 receptions this year. If he does that and he gets the workload of carries that I expect, I think you could be looking at a pretty good pretty good season for Toby Gerhardt to outperform his uh his ADP.
1: Scott, you know what? I I totally agree with that. And it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me to see an owner if they get in the right situation to go wide receiver wide receiver or however it may be, uh, they might get Chris Johnson and Toby Gerhardt on the same team. Oh boy, here we go
0: again. Uh, look, yeah, no, I, I hear what you're saying, and that, and that is a, that is a viable yeah. strategy to uh, to get your yeah. tight end to get a couple of wide receivers. So get get three of your wide receivers and your tight end Jimmy Graham, uh, and then come back and, and fire away at some of these running backs, uh, like Gerhardt, yeah. Two hundred sixty carries is not out of the norm. Two fifty, two sixty. I bet he's over four yards a carry. I bet he's right. Uh, I bet he's over that, and uh, he won't have very many touchdowns. Maybe a uh, half a dozen at most on a Jacksonville team, but Jacksonville really started to feel a little bit better. The question is, what are they going to do? Is it, is it going to be Blake Bortles? Is it going to be Chad yeah. Henney? I would put Blake Bortles. I would throw him to the wolves, but I know that's not what they're going to do. I, I think they are
1: going to give Henney the ball. <laughs> it's uh, that's a tough call. I mean, you know, you, you'd like to see the young kid do it. Uh, but, uh, I think it's going to be Chad Henney, but, uh, Man, Blake Bortles, he has a ton of potential.
0: <clears throat> Toby Gerhardt had 3.8 in the Yakko department. That's a phenomenal number. We talked about Yakko last that week is. with Andre Ellington. Andre Ellington was at 3.1 last year. Uh, Adrian Peterson was at 3. Toby Gerhardt was at 3.8 on the Yakko meter. So pretty pretty impressive number uh, for, for Toby Gerhardt. Uh, so, okay, so that, it is a viable strategy that we're talking about, that you could wait on your running backs and get productive running backs, maybe not dominant running backs, but running backs that you can plug in and have the dominant yep. wide receivers. But I, it's really hard for me to turn away that first running back, especially when it's a really good one. I mean, Eddie Lacy, Adrian Peterson, Charles Forte, McCoy, uh, these guys are yeah. number wh- first round picks for a reason, well, and it's it's very hard to turn those down for a wide receiver.
1: Absolutely, Scott. And it depends on uh, what position you're drafting in. I mean, if you're if you're not drafting in the first uh, six, seven, eight spots, chances are you're going to have to wait. I mean, I I can see Eddie Lacy dropping to you, uh, but Porte uh, okay, possibly, but. For instance, come on, dude. If you're in a come on. No, uh, 14. Come on. Come on. Let, let, let. What,
0: what, what are you talking about? Go ahead. Yeah, I hope it's not baseball. It better not be baseball, dude. Really? Don't you say anything about baseball on my show.
1: Okay, I won't. He got to hit it. to say hit. something about 14 uh,
0: uh, or something, and it's got to be baseball.
1: Well, if, if you're drafting in, uh, say, the 11th spot, I'm going okay. to put you on the spot. You're okay. drafting number 11, 12-teamer. Yeah. Uh, and you take a running back.
0: Uh, probably not. Okay. Probably, and, probably and then, looking at, uh, probably looking at one of the guys that falls from the wide receiver crowd, the Demarius Dez, Julio, AJ Green type. Go ahead.
1: What if, what if Matt Forte is there? Oh, without a doubt. He's mine. He's mine for sure. Okay.
0: Yeah. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm still going to get a stud wide receiver at the top of the second round in Brandon Marshall or
1: AJ okay. green
0: or Julio or something like that. Yeah.
1: Okay. Well, uh, say you're drafting out of the eleventh spot and uh you know, all those are gone and you're looking at uh well shoot, uh I've got uh man. I I'm looking at uh Gio Bernard or yep. Doug Martin.
0: Not Doug Martin, which Gio about Bernard that already. Yep. Yep, yep. Gio, Gio, Gio Bernard, Bernard. Yep. He's Doug the Martin
1: guy. or Brandon Marshall no. if he's still on the list. Uh, Gio
0: Bernard or Brandon Marshall is a very interesting discussion. Gio Bernard uh, should be a top 10 running back. I I feel like the addition of Jeremy Hill, when I said this last week, you probably remember, I feel like Jeremy Hill will will keep him from being a top five running back. But it was an interesting story that they they came out by, and they said that they were going to reduce Andy Dalton's passing attempts by 30%. This came from – Jeff Hobson on the Bengals' official website, and that he thinks that it would be the sensible thing to do if the Bengals uh, want to advance past the first round of the playoffs. They're like, look, uh, it's a passing league until January 1, and then they wonder why you can't win the playoffs. You've got to run the ball, right? You saw what Dalton yeah. did. It was a horrible performance. Yep. Everybody's like, oh, the Bengals, remember, they were my sleeper team too. I thought they could knock off the Patriots and have that kind of a, you know, a, a, kind of a run in them. But this is Hugh Jackson. Their new, their new offensive coordinator, Hugh Jackson, he's committed to running the ball and, and taking some of this pressure off of Andy Dalton. Uh, and that's why they went and got Jeremy Hill, dude. And I love Jeremy Hill. I thought he could have been a starter, uh, but they, just, you know, they bring him into – this is Geo's team, right, from an explosive standpoint. Right. So I think that Jeremy Hill – I think Ben Jarvis will not be on the team come the start of the season, and I think Hill will get – uh, the lion's share of those Ben Jarvis carries, uh, Gio will get more, okay? Gio went from 170 carries. If he goes to 230 this year, I would be shocked. That's a lot of extra carries for a guy like Gio, right? And, huh. and, and receptions, yeah. I think he'll get about what he got last year. I mean, he was he was involved in the passing game like crazy. I mean, well, you, now see, you expect more receptions?
1: I, I expect more receptions. I I expect a lot more receptions out of uh, Geo. I really didn't. He had
0: 56 last year. He was thrown at 69 times. So, I mean, the you you could try to use him, but Hugh Jackson's not known for really opening up the offense around receiving running back. I mean, I don't know. I I don't. I think they're going to use yeah, him about but, what they did last year. Defenses are going to be looking and keying on Gio and A.J. Green. That's all they've got to really do. Now, that leads me to believe that Tyler Eifert could have a much better year this year. The guy, the unsung maybe uh, guy from last year who didn't really do that well, 56 targets, only 39 catches, uh, 445 yards, two touchdowns. I could see him having a, re- a really nice year this year as defenses try to focus on Gio, which will limit his receptions from growing like you're talking about. And I think Gio's still a top ten running back, but I don't think he's top five for that reason. If he increases receptions, Mike, you should take him in your top five.
1: I think he will. I think the uh, receptions will uh, increase. I I really don't because he He was a rookie.
0: Would you rather have Gio or Le'Veon Bell?
1: (laughs) That's so funny because I was just looking at Le'Veon Bell. (laughs) Uh, I would rather have uh, Geo, barely, okay. By just just barely. I mean, I love Le'Veon Bell, but I Everybody would rather the have room, Geo. Gio. Yeah, I'd yeah, like to hear from the yeah. That, the that's room. a good one. That's a good one, Scott. That's uh, a good Leland
0: one. Lawrence. Thank you for being here, Phantom Menace. The Bills, Top Gun. What's up? I saw Teddy Bridgewater in the Minnesota airport. Urinal Mint is here. Henry Muto and Taz. Thank you guys for being here. The FF Toolbox rankings are out, and, and they uh, – they, look, I'm trying not to uh, – I'm, I'm trying to be just a voice in these rankings. Uh, <laughs> Charles McCoy Forte, Lacey Peterson Bernard, Le'Veon Bell, Monty Ball, Andre Ellington, and CJ Spiller. Uh, it <laughs> I, we have Ellington and Spiller ahead of Doug Martin – at eleven, and Demarco Murray at twelve. Uh, Mike, wow. Where do you wow. have Demarco Murray? I
1: have Demarco Murray. M- uh, I have Demarco Murray in the mix of uh, Le'Veon Bell and Gio Bernard. Okay, I'll so really you go do.
0: Gio. So you say you you're some kind of combination of Gio, Le'Veon, Le'Veon. Demarco Murray. You have DeMarco around eight. We have him at 12. So let's talk about that. Monty Ball we have at number eight overall over DeMarco Murray. You're saying that's too high.
1: I think it is. Yes, I think it is.
0: Okay. Absolutely. uh, You might be right on there. It's hard not to see a a super productive season out of both guys. Don't get me wrong. A super productive season out of both guys. Who carries more risk in your mind? Well he, uh DeMarco well, Murray or Monty Ball.
1: Well, you gotta think of the can't miss. Uh I would say uh can't miss uh my can't miss is Monty Ball, honestly. Uh Okay. But
0: So you have ball over yeah. Murray then. So you you just moved Murray down one okay so you're making my yeah, point here. I did. You, you have just Monty last Ball second. at uh eight. DeMarco Murray maybe at nine then. So maybe you have DeMarco over Ellington and Spiller. And honestly, I could see that. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, Absolutely. I can see that. We kept crunching the numbers on Ellington and Spiller, and they kept coming up higher than we, we expected. And every time we looked at it, we were shocked. We're, we're, we're shocked that this, uh, that this looks this way in PPR format. But DeMarco, right, okay. let's face it, last year, the most games he's ever played, 14 games. That's not a 16, Mike. It's 14, and that's the most he's ever played. Right. The year before that, 10. The year before that, 7. So what else about Mont, uh, DeMarco Murray? I mean, look, he gets lots of receptions. 53 last year, that's, a, that's an awesome number. His, uh, his rushes per game kind of stayed the same. His, his numbers last year were powered by touchdowns. His yards per rush yeah. was very effective at five point two. And uh he catches the ball when you throw it to him. So Yeah. Uh, oh I didn't I didn't get to look at yar uh, his yakko. His yakko, his first three years has been three point oh, two point five and two point seven. So well, they're respectable numbers, well, but nothing nothing blowing nothing blowing me away there.
1: Well the reason I like DeMarco uh so much is because let's yeah. face it, Tony Tony is uh <laughs> I mean, he's getting a little bit older, and uh, they're going to have to realize that uh, they need a rushing game to win. And these, uh, the, the defenses on the uh, NFC, they soften. They soften quite a bit. So th- this could be an opportunity for him uh, to uh, expose the softened defenses.
0: I think I mean, we're a little high. I think we're a little high on C.J. Spiller, to be honest with you. Um, I love Spiller. I think he's a great candidate for a comeback player. If you're looking at that schedule uh, and you're, you're thinking that uh, Fred Jackson is going to age even a little bit, it was a very disappointing year for CJ. Don't get me wrong. It was not what we expected. And, and look, sometimes injuries are hard to heal from, and he played through a lot of it. But I, I think we all agree that he was not at 100%, right? I mean, that's where I'm coming from. He wasn't at 100%. So I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. Get healthy. Come this year, he's the name that everybody's forgetting about. Really? Really? He's the name that everybody's forgetting about. They they got him at RB fifteen now. So okay, you know that's not really forgetting about him. RB fifteen, but it's at the end. It's at fourth round. It's four two is where he's going in the fourth round. This guy was going in the top five last year. So an injury has derailed him and knocked him off and knocked him off his horse a little bit here. But four two, that's that's a number that I can live with. If I'm getting CJ Spiller in the fourth round, I think I'd be okay with that, Mike.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm not a big fan of CJ uh but uh, you know, you know that in the fourth round, that's a real good possibility. I'm I'm looking at uh, trying to steal one here, and uh, you know, if I'm thinking about the big prize at the FFWC, the big prize, yep. how about Marshawn Lynch? Where does he go? Marshawn Lynch, Demarco Murray. That's another name that we haven't discussed. Yep where does he where do, where does he fit into the uh you know in the situation with DeMarco Murray and uh Monte Ball and Doug Martin Gio Bernard yeah. where does Marshawn Lynch fit
0: yeah well look uh i think we we are we are simply down on him just a tad due to the news uh, uh the in the potential uh <clears throat> the potential just uh non uh flattering comments that were made about his, uh, his potential retirement. We know he's not going anywhere, but at the same time, we do move our rankings around based on the news. Uh, and, and, and I think there's a little bit of a Marshawn Lynch scare right now, uh, especially with everybody talking up Christine Michael and everybody. You, know, I, I, you, would, you would hope that Christine Michael gets a little bit of work this year, even though Marshawn Lynch is awesome. Uh, but, he, look, uh, there's nothing wrong with Marshawn Lynch being in your top ten uh, and, and maybe even your top five. Uh, I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna start a, a debate on that. Let's talk about Brandon Cooks, Mike, and then we will. Uh, we can get back to, to Marshawn Lynch. I do think he's a little bit uh, underrated uh, on on our rankings. Marshawn, uh, I'm sorry, Brandon Cooks. You know the story about this kid, right? I mean, just just the the general story. What's What's the words that come to mind when you hear Brandon Cooks?
1: Uh crazy.
0: What? What? You taking a leak or something on red versus blue? Is that what's going on? Jeez. Oh. We have our first we have our first bathroom break break live on live on red versus blue. Is that what that was, Mike? Tell me that's not what it was. It was, was was it a beer falling into No. A, into a can or something?
1: No, it wasn't. What what are you talking about? <laughs>
0: it sounded it sounded like bathroom noises. Who it sounded like that? No. Urinal Mint says Urinal Mint is in the chat room. We should be able to listen to Urinal Mint. He says class less. Uh, let's talk about Brandon Cooks. Oregon State, Mike. Uh, speed, four three, 4 3 three 40, 5 10 That reminds me of a, of a name that I'll tell you here in a minute. But the Saints traded up seven spots to get this kid in the first round. This is a first-round talent drafted by your New Orleans Saints, and they gave up a second-rounder to do it to Arizona. Uh, This kid is explosive. He's got speed, uh, crazy speed. They're going to put him on screens. Uh, They're going to split him out. Numbers are ridiculous. 128 catches last year, 1,700 yards. 128 catches ranks the 12th most in NCAA history. 1,730 yards is the 15th most in NCAA history. He won the Bolitnikoff Award for the NCAA's Best Wide Receiver. Now, most people think Sammy Watkins and Mike Evans, but Brandon Cooks won the award for the Best Wide Receiver, 5'10", 189, fresh, young legs, four three three forty. Mike. That reminds me – does that remind you of anybody?
1: Wow. That, I mean, that, that's, that's smoking. That's smoking. I mean, the kid could... – Kid's got all the talent in the world, but I just, man, I'm, I'm, I'm concerned about his, uh, yeah, you know, he, he just, he has some issues there.
0: Yeah, well, look, I'm, I'm, I'm all, all I care about right now is football. And at five ten, one eighty nine, with that kind of speed, and being put into an offense that is absolutely incredible. And the fact that Marquez Colson's aging uh, in his gameplay, although he looked fantastic at the end of the season, I would love to hear if Taz likes uh, Colson because there's part of me that really wants to like Colston and go against the grain of conventional thinking because everybody's anti-Colston. But you saw how dominant his last part of the season, uh, those last couple of games, especially in the playoffs and in the the Seattle game. I mean, when, when Breeze wants to get it to you and when he's motivated, he can play very well. Because it seemed like Colson had lost his wide receiver one edge. and It looked like he got it back at the end of the year. I'm not, cons- I'm not convinced that he can keep it uh, for this year. But Brandon Cooks, here are the guys that you would have to draft or you would have to take – I'm sorry. Here are the guys that you would have to pass on in order to get Brandon Cooks where he's going at an ADP of pick number 80, Mike. Uh, pick number 80 puts him right at the end of the seventh round. Somewhere around right. seven eight to seven twelve area. Yeah. You'd have to give up on uh you'd have to give up on Mike Wallace. You'd probably have to give up on a DeAndre Hopkins, who is a nice candidate for a breakout player. You'd have to give up on a Terrence Williams, who's in a very nice situation and has already established himself as the number two wide receiver in Dallas.
1: Yeah, but DeMarco Martin... He's my a big year, so.
0: You'd have to give up on an Emmanuel Sanders potentially and take a Brandon
1: Cooks to get it. Ooh, right? that's a name. Yep.
0: Right where Emmanuel Sanders is going is way after Brandon Cooks, uh, which I think will rise I, I, by the time September comes. So but don't 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 rely on that. Once the season comes, Emmanuel Sanders will be drafted much higher than yeah. his current ADP.
1: Yeah, I, I, I would uh,
0: say I'll. There are other guys here, that, that too, that are very difficult for me to draft uh, when I'm looking at Brandon Cooks. He's a rookie. We know that rookies don't uh, have a history of really performing right out of the gate. That's the problem, right? I love his upside. I love the numbers. I love how he fits into his offense. I love the fact that Darren Sproles is gone. He feels like, to me, a young, fresh Steve Smith, to me, with a better quarterback in, in Drew Brees throwing him the ball. And a hole to fill. I mean, can you imagine if Jimmy Graham misses any time this year how much Brandon Cooks is going to benefit? I mean, Kenny Stills too, right? I mean, that's if I remember like, right from last year, Taz loved Kenny Stills. Uh, but if any of those guys are injured, think of the opportunity that Brandon yeah. Cooks has uh, and what he could do with it with Drew Brees. So I, there are, there are guys here that I would love to take this year. Tavon Austin, I mean, it's a guy that I – that I really would like to get because he got that first year out of the way. See, you paid for – if you didn't draft him last year, you watched as the people who did were disappointed. And now this year, everybody has that disappointment taste in their mouth, and you can go up and scoop on a Tavon Austin who will probably be much better this year because the first year is out of the way. Right? Yeah, Uh, he he was so
1: electrifying.
0: Yeah, what about Golden Tate? number two wide receiver would you rather have him or Brandon
1: cooks oh i you know what uh, uh, redraft i probably oh that's that's tough i I'd, I'd rather have Brandon cooks i mean because you have the opportunity like you said scott i mean there, there's a lot of opportunity there for him, but uh you know i just i'm i'm unsure
0: that, uh, and they're talking about it in the chat room Colston is being drafted after Brandon cooks. Colston's being drafted after Brandon Cooks. These are the types of decisions you have to figure out. Now, it may not be a decision for you, but for a lot of early drafters, it is. Hakeem Nicks. We're hearing a lot of good things about Hakeem Nicks and the role in his off in this Colts offense, the leadership that he possesses, the potential for double-digit touchdowns in Indianapolis, even as a as a wide receiver two slash three in this offense. You'd, would you take Knicks or would you take Brandon Cooks?
1: Cooks. Yep. You yeah. know, it's funny lot, when you break no it down, Scott. When you break these down, uh, you know, I started to talk about the aging wide receivers. I hate to call it aging, but let's face it, the, that's the way it is. But uh, aging wide receivers versus uh, a, a kid that uh, – has all kinds of possibilities in the world. Uh, you know, what do you do? What do you go? Uh, is he would, is he legit?
0: Would you rather have a second year DeAndre Hopkins and a or a second year Tavon Austin over a first year Brandon Cooks, a first year Kelvin Benjamin, a first year Jordan Matthews? Yeah. Yeah.
1: You know, these are these are yeah. good
0: players, but their rookie year it's very hard. and, and trying to predict which rookie is going to do well in their rookie year is very difficult to do. Now, we have a lot of good first-round talent wide receivers, but that doesn't mean that any of them are going to, to do it at this level. I mean, they still have to be professionals. They have to go to work every day. They have to stay out of trouble. They have to be a pro right in the league. There's a lot of things for a rookie to, to, to figure out.
1: Well, well for instance, uh, who was the best uh, rookie wide receiver last year? The best. Fantasy fantasy points numbers. Uh fantasy points. Keenan sports. Allen. Keenan Allen. All right. He was a best he was a rookie last year, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh why if, you he could, if, if you could if could go uh to do you see Brandon Cooks being a Keenan Allen? Fantasy points wise.
0: Ooh, well, you got to be the number one. You know, the, the, It's a different situation, right, because New Orleans is such a huge right, exactly. offense. It's like, if, it's like if you put a potent uh, rookie in uh, for, for Peyton Manning, right? Now let's, let's just compare this. Is Cooks the number two wide receiver in terms of fantasy value, or is it Kenny Stills? Because I think that's where we have to start this conversation, right?
1: Because right, when you look right. at
0: the passing offense, the Saints have Jimmy Graham. They lost Darren Sproles, who was a big part of the offense, and they still have Marcus Colston, but most people are going to expect Colston's numbers to come down. You've got to make up for some of Darren Sproles' production out of the backfield, and some of it. You also lost Lance Moore. Okay, There's a lot of losses here that have to be made up for in a passing offense for the Saints. I think the problem is that people don't, aren't really uh, attributing all of the passing yards that you have, that you need to have go around for Drew Brees. This is like a Peyton Manning offense. This is an offense that's going to throw for 5,000 yards. Mark it down. He's the only quarterback in the league that's ever thrown for 5,000 yards three years in a row, right? That's Drew Brees, right? 5,000 yards have to be accounted for here. So if you give 500 to Pierre Thomas, we're down to 4,500. If you give 1,000 to Colston, Let's just give him 1,000. The last couple of years he had 1,000, 1,000, 1,100, 1,100, 940. Let's give him another 1,000, right? We're down to 3,500 yards now. We still have 3,500 yards. We get to Jimmy Graham. Let's give him 1,250 on a great year. 1,250, that's a great year, right? Yeah. He had 1,300 is the most he's ever had in his career because this guy, Jimmy Graham, to be honest with you, he's a dominant fantasy player. The most games he ever started were 13. He started 13, 9, 11, and 5 in his four years of NFL action. He's not a 16-game kind of guy. He will get dinged up. He's too much involved in his offense to not get dinged up. 140 targets, 95 receptions. Sounds reasonable. 1,250 yards, 15 touchdowns. Those are nice numbers. There's still a lot of yards to go around. There is, to be honest with you, with that many – I mean, unless Kenny Stills is sitting on a 1,000-yard season – Brandon Cooks should have 1,000 yards with this role in the offense. Do you think Kenny Stills is a 1,000-yard receiver in this
1: offense? No.
0: I don't either. I don't. I don't either. Nope. So if Colson has a 1,000 uh, and Kenny Stills has, let's say, 750, that's 1,750, uh, Jimmy Graham has 1,250, we're up to 3,000 yards. Pierre Thomas has his 500, we're at 3,500. We still have 1,500, 1,600 yards to go they got to go somewhere. They got to go somewhere. Uh, and there's a lot of touchdowns to go around too. And, and, and that's just the product of Drew Brees, uh, 46, 43, 39, the last three years with those kinds of numbers, 39, 40 touchdowns sounds pretty reasonable to me, right? There's no reason why, why we're not looking at a Brandon Cooks to score a half a dozen touchdowns this year. It's a very reasonable number in a drew Brees offense, it's the same thing if we had a we added a weapon to peyton manning mike if we were sitting here and adding a significant threat to peyton manning and and a, you know so let's say that uh welker wasn't there because that's what you would have you would have demarius is filling the it is. graham role it is. julius thomas and marquez is kind of you know the marquez colson role there's still another role there for Welker. There's another role for Sanders. There's a lot of balls to go around, right? So there's a lot of balls to go around in New Orleans. And that's that's what. If I want you to get anything out of this, do some of the math for New Orleans, and you come back and tell me if you're if you're saying it's not Cooks. What I think I hear you saying is it's Kenny Stills
1: by default. No, no, no. It's definitely it's definitely not Kenny Stills. I think Cooks is. I think he's solid this year, but I just don't know if he's as good as you're talking about him, man. I, I just don't.
0: You know what? Well, I'm not saying it's him, though. I'm saying it's a, it's, it's that. It's everything that we said, Blitnikoff winner, 4-3 speed, all of this, the, you know, 12th most yards. Eight, all of that is counts to him being a good player. But what my I was trying to phrase this point was, we don't know how rookies are going to respond. Then right. you look at right. the talent opportunity is the New Orleans Saints. And an opportunity exists here for the New Orleans Saints. That's, that's my point. If you get anything out of this, Mike, do the math I, and look and yeah, tell no, no, me. Because no, if you're not hey, taking hey, Cooks.
1: Scott, I, I totally understand. I mean, I, I was the one that took Russell Wilson in the fourth round in uh, two different drafts.
0: Well, that, that, okay, so you lost me there. But if Cooks is if, – if you're <laughs> saying that Cooks is not worth that draft pick, you should be trying to figure out who is. You're, you're, you're yeah. saying that Colston is going to have a resurgence, so take him. If you're not going to take Cooks, definitely take Colston then because you're saying if, if right. Cooks isn't worth it, then right. Colston is. Uh, or right. maybe Kenny Stills is later in the draft because nobody's. I mean, where's he being drafted right now? He's being drafted nowhere to be found right now. Kenny Stills? You can get Kenny Stills in the, in what, the, the 11th round, the end of the 11th, maybe the 12th round you can get Kenny Stills. Kenny Stills is being drafted like around the Marvin Jones, Danny Amendola, Dwayne Bow area. It's never, it's no, it's no man's land. Now there's still good receivers yeah. there. I like Riley Cooper up there. Riley Cooper is being underdrafted.
1: Riley Cooper is being way underdrafted.
0: Well, guys are taking Jordan Matthews before him. How do you feel about that? This is the same discussion. We're having, we're drafting yeah. Brandon Cooks to be involved in the offense. We should be drafting Jordan Matthews to be involved in this offense. So, Pick your poison there. I have more faith in Drew Brees uh, and, and Brandon Cooks than I have in Nick Foles and Jordan Matthews. I also have more, a little bit more faith in Macklin, Ertz, and uh, Cooper to be more effective and take up more of those chunk yards of, of, of Nick Foles than I do for Kenny Stills uh, right. to take that chunk uh, away from Brandon Cooks. But going to be an interesting year, man. I, I hope you yeah, guys really are fine. as excited about uh, the scout fantasy football world championship as I am. We're already at record numbers. I expect a sell out this year in the FFWC. Be very fun to see roto bowl announcements will be coming out. If you play in a world championship th- this year, you get an automatic one year membership to scout.com. That's an $80 value. It gives you access to everything. Scout, uh, the college recruiting, the NFL sites, the, the hunting, the outdoor, the fishing, the every single thing we have on the site, you get access to all of it. So if, uh, definitely a value. But, look, if you're playing in the World Championship, you're doing it for one reason and one reason only. It's to defeat the elite, to defeat Glenn Lowy, to unseat him and That's be the right. world champion, Mike. So, That's right. I hope you have That's a great right. weekend. Enjoy your families. Have some fun outdoors. Get outdoors. And, uh, and let's, uh, let's have some fun during the week here uh, as we explore Thanks, fantasy God. football. We'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks for being here in the, in the crew, in the chat room. We'll see you.
1: You've been listening to Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. With your hosts, Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Please join us next time.